Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, Peer One-on-Ones, Part 2. Here we go. So, on to our next point, which is asking for the meeting itself. Okay, so now we're getting to the logistics of... How do you schedule this meeting with your peer? Yeah, look, we don't recommend you go to your peer and ask for a standing meeting starting now and going on forever for a half an hour long where you get 15 minutes and then they get 15 minutes, right? We don't recommend you get too fancy about the scope or the title or the agenda. If you call it a weekly update, you'll be much more likely to get a yes. Trust me, I tried this years ago. And if you ask for a weekly update or if you just ask for an update and then turn it into a weekly meeting, you will do much better, okay? And depending upon your relationship, you know, you don't want to ask for a standing meeting, but you could, if you have a good relationship say, Hey, let's meet every week. You know, um, if Mike and I were peers, we've known each other for a long time. He said, dude, let's have a weekly meeting, a standing weekly meeting. Okay. I, okay. Standing meetings are much scarier than a one-off 15 minute update. And if the update goes well after a couple of weeks, as we have seen it do over and over again, your peer is going to have started taking 15 minutes of his or her own. And we'll come around to the idea that this probably ought to be a standing meeting after all. And then you have success. Okay. That's good. <laughs> right. So, so this is an incremental approach to getting what we want. And too many people go say, look, I'd like to have this standing meeting. You know, let's, let's figure out a time each week where we could meet for a half an hour and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I ain't limiting my flexibility on my calendar. I like having large swaths of open time on my calendar. I love when managers tell me that. It's like, dude, are you really that dumb? So you say to your peer, hey, look, things have been getting pretty busy, and a lot of what we're doing is either supporting or overlapping each other. Can I get 15 minutes of your time next week to give you an update and ask a few questions? Now, look, I actually had a couple of managers say, Mark, I was worried because the the, the person I asked came back and said, let's do it now. Folks, that's a yes. <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> that was a problem? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, they were afraid that it wasn't strategic, that they hadn't had time to prepare. I said, what? You went and asked for a meeting and you were prepared to have one? So be prepared for them to say yes. And, and by the way, that gets you the meeting, even though it doesn't send a message that we're going to schedule it. But if you get the 15 minutes, you get the 15 minutes. That's the great scenario there. But what about the opposite where he comes back and says, look, dude, I'm just, I'm just too busy. I, I'm, I'm full up next week. Don't have time. Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> he's not too busy for a 15 minute well, update. True. But that's what he says. Yeah. He's so, he wants to impress me that he is too busy for a 15 minutes update. That, that's okay, folks. You don't control him. And frankly, why would you want to? He's too busy to be of any use to anybody but himself. So look, if he pushes back, ask for 15 minutes the week after next. Send a message that's not urgent, right? Look, when you start making relationships urgent, folks, you're mixing two things that don't go well. Relationships build like calcified rocks slowly over time. I think I've said this a bunch of times. We're not trying to create volcanic eruptions here. We're trying to do tectonic work. Slow but steady, slow but steady, slow but steady. Okay. Even if your peers change every six months, I would not tell you fundamentally try to speed up the relationship process. Don't do it. Relationships tend to happen in long waves rather than in short spikes. I I wish it weren't so, but it is. So let's not fight against the, the laws of nature. Okay. So ask for a meeting week after next if they push back and then make sure you're there and make sure you're ready to have an effective 15 minutes. 
Yeah. How about biweekly updates? Is that is that a tactic as well? Yeah, sure. Look. So what you would say is if he says, I'm really busy this week or, you know, or let's say the first couple of meetings go well and he's saying, you know, I kind of like to do this, but weekly just seems a little hard. Well, let's do it biweekly then. Now, it's not as good as weekly, but it's better than nothing at all. Well, it can become weekly though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. They Once she finds out there's value. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And people are going to be hesitant to add new things to their calendar because people, again, people like big open swatches on their, on their calendar, which is dumb, but that's a whole separate thing. Now, in much the same way that we talk about one-on-ones, don't go to monthly. If you start having monthly half-hour meetings with your peer, it's just going to be a dog and pony show. It's going to be based around the stuff that happened that week. And if, if somebody were to say to me, Mark, how about we meet monthly just for a half an hour? I'd say, nah, that's not really my intent. My intent was to be able to talk more about details and so on. Uh, and they may say no. You know, maybe I'll go back to them in three months and say, you ever thought about that weekly thing again or biweekly maybe just to keep track of all the details? seems like oftentimes we're in meetings with the boss and we're sniping each other. I don't want to do that anymore. And folks, there are going to be some people who are resistant. Again, it's okay. They're going to be so resistant you're never going to get on their calendar. Again, it's okay. Strengthen the relationships where and when you can. You can't. Forcing relationships doesn't work. Okay, so we've got an agreement to to have the meeting, right? So that's right. that's a good thing. And so now the question is, what do we do during our fifteen minute meeting? And the answer is updates and questions. You said that in the the intro, so that's good. So now uh, the way I take it is, here's my opportunity to go to my peer and tell her how her folks aren't delivering and making it difficult on my team. And if she yeah, only get it. her team to do her work, everything would be good, right? Folks, this is our moment to announce the Mike Ozan Relationship Building Conference. <laughs> Come and spend $10,000 and be told how not to do it. <laughs> That's a good business model. Uh, See, people would come to the conference. They go back. They try the stuff. It wouldn't work. And so they feel like they'd, had to, they'd have to come again. <laughs> Maybe right, miss something. Good, yeah. Yeah. Product success. You are Mr. Product Creation, I got to tell you. So, no, obviously not, right? Yeah, I know, right? You you start the meeting by updating your peer on you and your team's activities that relate to your peer. What you're trying to do is help them learn things that they don't already know. Think of what she would most want to know. The more you share that is of value to the peer, the more likely you are to both strengthen the relationship and to get what you want, which is answers to questions and support when you need it. Okay, now. I've had several managers over the years tell me, Mark, this is a waste of time. I already sent an email. <laughs> and look, look, I admit, I mean, a lot of the folks, for those of you who know DISC, a lot of the people who push back and said, this is not necessary because I already sent an email. And they're high Ds and high Cs. They're task-focused rather than people-focused. And I, I, look, I respect that. But folks, let, let me just clue you into something. Just because you sent an email doesn't mean it's read. Just because it's read doesn't mean it impacts. Just because it impacts doesn't mean it's remembered. Just because it's remembered doesn't mean it's going to be actioned the way you want it to be. Email is about efficiency for the sender. Good communication is about effectiveness in the mind of the receiver. We've got two, two completely divergent concepts, efficiency versus effectiveness and sender versus receiver. The fact that you send an email doesn't mean your responsibility for the communication, for the update is met. I got to tell you, folks, it really irritates me when people say, well, I keep an email trail. What? So you can show your boss that you said what you said? 
I, I got to tell you, if I were your boss and, and, and you think you can sit in your little cube there and bomb everybody with emails that prove that you did what you said you're going to do, therefore somehow you're, you're the innocent party. No, you have to work with other people. Sometimes you have to communicate things more than once. What's Horseman's law of organizational communication? Say something seven times and half of your people will tell you they heard it once. So even if you've already sent the email and that's causing you to say, look, I'm updating people by email all the time. Yes. And some people don't aren't good listeners or readers of email. Now, I know that makes your job harder. Welcome to the world of human beings, right? It's just harder. But if you complain about it being harder and you don't change your behavior, right? Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I know you wish for everybody to be just like you and everybody to read every email, know everything, remember everything. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be in fashion. It would be more efficient. It wouldn't be terribly effective in the long run. In fact, the definition of efficiency without effectiveness is going very fast in the wrong direction. So be cautious when you start finding yourself going, well, I did send the email. Sending an email is not satisfactory communication. It's efficient, but it's not satisfactory communication in all cases. And it's particularly antithetical to strong relationships if all you do is send email. And by the way, just to be clear, don't send me hate mail about email. I love email. I do. Mike and I send emails to one another all the time. But if you want a better relationship with people, you're going to have to strengthen the the medium of communication. And, and that means following up. And don't say, hey, I sent you an email. What do you think? If you're going to do that, if you're going to say in a peer one-on-one and you're going to use Mark and Mike's recommendation, manager tools recommendations to do this thing, and you're going to walk in and say, I sent you an email on this. What do you think? And then slide in the email you sent. Don't do that. Don't even bring up the email. Say, hey, real quick, what about this? What about that? You know, I, I need an answer here, or I'm updating you on this. I want you to know that this happened. And let them say, oh, I think I got an email for this. What they're saying when they say, I think I got an email on this is, I know I have responsibility for it. When you say, hey, I sent you an email on Project X, what do you think? You're saying you're responsible for it. Folks, emotionally, there's an enormous difference between saying you're responsible and I'm responsible. So you have to communicate twice. Yes, I know that's inefficient, but again, human beings are not robots. And you have to say, Hey, what do you think about this part of the project? Should we do X or should we do Y? A little bit of background. Here are the benefits and costs of X. Here are the benefits, cost of Y. And then the person says, oh, I definitely think we should do Y. And they say, and oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I know you sent that email. I've just been swamped. And what you say at that moment is, dude, it's all good. Or some translation of that that you can get out of your mouth. Somebody told me, I wish you wouldn't tell me to say dude all the time. So when I tell you to say dude, folks, I'm not actually telling you you have to say the word dude. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got an email from a friend of mine, or actually a text message from a friend of mine recently that I was trying to have coffee with one morning, and I sent him a text back saying, cool dude, and he said, Mark, you're 50 years old. Is cool dude some sort of weird professional language that I'm not aware of? <laughs> and, and, and of course, what I sent back was, are we still friends? <laughs> now, look, we do recommend, it's a meeting, be effective right? Be, be efficient in your preparation and effective in your meeting. And that means having some bullet points prepared. You don't need detailed coverage on every point. If you need to take an email that you thought was the best email ever prepared, and we love them, don't get us wrong. It's probably too long, but, but that's okay. If you've got an email that's got all the key 
facts and figures in it. Bring the email along, but don't slide it across the table, right? Bullet point project X and then say, real quickly, let me refer to this email. Don't tell them you already sent them the email. Say three points here, two points here. What do you think? I need some help here. Or, hey, look, here's an update. Three or four key things I want you to want you to know. Again, when they say they know they got an email, that's good. And what that'll mean is for you guys who don't really like the meeting, but know you need to improve your relationships, they'll start reading your emails more. What's wrong with that? Your goal is to provide an operational update of your work that will be beneficial to your peer. Now, folks, if you're one of those people who think, well, if I were him, I would want to know everything that I was doing, you're probably wrong. Part of building relationships is understanding where other people are coming from. And so you may have to say, okay, Mike's different than me. What would he want to know? And you have to think about what the listener, in this case, Mike, would do with the information. You can't tell him everything. What choices do you have to make? And hopefully over time, you'll pay attention to what he pays attention to and what he doesn't. And you'll begin to subtly adjust the kind of things you tell him or her. Right. What the listener wants to know, not what you want to tell them. Right. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. And look, look, if you, you only have 15 minutes, if you're going to ask questions, you can't fill up the entire 15 minutes with updates. So you can't tell them everything. You have to make some qualitative choices. Then once you've covered your updates, things that you believe he or she would want to know about the work that your team is doing, you do get to ask some questions or request some help on some things. In the first couple of meetings, if you're spending more than five minutes on questions, they're going to get the impression this meeting really is about what you want as opposed to benefiting them. That's kind of my rule of thumb, at least 10 minutes of updates and then five minutes of questions. And frankly, I really like it when it's 12 or 13 minutes of updates rather than, you know, seven or eight minutes of questions. Okay. If one of your directs has asked your peer repeatedly or asked your peers directs repeatedly for something, Ask him directly, okay? Hey, would you please help Robert, who happens to be your direct, would you please help Robert get last quarter's quality figures? We've fallen behind on some deliverables because we don't have it. You could ask, what do you want me to do about budget planning? Mind you now, this is after you've already given him value by spending 10, 12 minutes going over stuff that was of value to him. You know, hey, the boss wants all of us to chime in on, on budget planning, but I haven't heard from you. I don't want to be late. Look, dude, I'm not going to tell him and I'm not going to go in front of the boss and tell him you're the only one that didn't respond. And because I won't do that, he's going to blame me if you're the only one that didn't respond. And I say to him, you're not ready. You know what he says about dropping dimes and staff meetings. We're not supposed to do that. And I don't want to do that. Okay. Again, whole point here is your questions always comes last. So you do get an opportunity to ask questions. It's just at the end. Yeah. And when we say questions, we mean things you need from him because it is a relationship. But, but, but the point is he gets value. Your peer gets value. He or she gets value, whether you do or not. And those of you who are longtime manager tools aficionados know that this is how you build a relationship. You give, you give, you give. Right. My dad used to say you can take more, you can take more than you give, but only for a little while until they run you out of town. We talked about politics a little bit earlier. Somehow it seems lately in organizations that learning how to play internal politics and being self-interested and being self-protecting has trumped what used to pass for professionalism, which is working well for other, working well with others for the greater good of the organization, right? Exactly. There's something noble. I know that I probably shouldn't say things like this, but this is manager tools. And we believe that if every manager in the world achieved mid to high level effectiveness and got the most out of their teams that they could. There wouldn't be any famine. There wouldn't be any hunger. 
there'd be a lot less poverty. If a place in the world was free and managers of the world were all achieving at their best, if we all achieved our potential and got the true productivity out of all human beings, there wouldn't be those kinds of things. There'd probably still be war, but there wouldn't be famine or hunger in those places that were free. So we're we're old-fashioned in that regard. We know it's okay to be cynical a little bit about management. We love Dilbert, too, because we know the state of management isn't that good. We also believe it can be great, and we don't want to be associated with a part of the of the world of our of our social lives, of our professional lives that can't be great, even if we have to work really, really, really hard at it. Working well with others for the greater good is noble. Uh, I'm doing something for the benefit of of somebody else. It makes you connected to other people in a way that's helpful, healthful even. Sorry, sermon over. Okay. So um, after that sermon, let's talk about being brisk and efficient. <laughs> and the fact <laughs> yeah, finishing on time is going to ensure success, right? I, I can imagine yeah. a lot of folks, they get 15 minutes, they go in there, it's going to be some casual conversation. And now it's 45 minutes. And even if it felt good, right? It was, it was yeah. a, a really great conversation. We haven't yet gotten her commitment to having these every week. And now next time you ask for a 15-minute update, she knows it's not a 15-minute update. It's a 45-minute discussion. And even though yeah. she enjoyed it, she's busy and you're unlikely to get more of them, right? Yeah, it really is um, a case where I've seen this over and over again. When you say the word relationships to people, when I have them historically, people think of friendships and they think of it's supposed to be relaxed and let's just chat a little bit. And, and, and if this is about relationships and I have 10 extra minutes, why don't we just chat a little bit? And then suddenly the meeting gets a little bit sloppy. Folks, you can have a great professional relationship with people and have very brisk, very efficient meetings, and we highly recommend it. You know, if your peer starts taking 15 minutes to tell you about his stuff, which is the point of this, I mean, that's part of the reciprocity inherent in the idea of asking for a 15-minute update, and then it becomes comfortable, it's 45 minutes, chatting and so on, and then your peer's going to get busy, He's going to think, hey, I could save some time here. That's just our us chit-chatting. The details of the connectivity and the collaboration and the deconflicting of issues and so on gets lost in the larger chit-chat and so on. And so he or she probably won't say anything to your face, but they'll disengage a little bit, and then things are going to be awkward. Since the purpose of peer O3s, of peer one-on-ones, is relationship building in the service of improved productivity – Awkwardness isn't helpful, folks. So the key to avoiding that is to never take more than your 15 minutes and resist the urge to make it a chat session. You won't need to do that to show you have a good relationship. You don't need to chat to show you have a good relationship, right? The improvement in the relationship is because of improved communication and that clear, the improved clarity, and, and that will affect how you relate to one another at other times. And by the way, half the world doesn't want to chat anyway. So what will end up happening is at other times, you'll be chatting a little bit more. You'll be a little bit more friendly. Usually, all things being equal, there are rare exceptions. You don't need to cram your, quote, friendship, unquote, into the update meeting. It'll happen at other times. Okay, now let's talk about, um, it seems like some of the benefits should be kind of self-evident. But there are benefits well, like project coordination, pre-wires, steel cage preparation, some of the things you mentioned earlier right. that for a lot of listeners aren't immediately evident. And this is our opportunity to convince you to go do this. We know it's powerful, but maybe we can give you a little bit of extra incentive. 
Yes, exactly. So, so, um, you're going to get tons of value, but the real value of this, of course, the, the overarching concept is operational productivity. That's the big goal that's going to happen. But look, if you and your peers share responsibilities within a larger project, peer one-on-ones will greatly reduce the inevitable frictions that happen in cross-departmental projects, right? Communications between managers and, and project team members is a huge time drain that often schedulers and project managers just don't include in their planning. If you and I are peers that sit right next to one another and talk all the time during the day, and you have I'm waiting on something that you're doing, you're less likely to delay than if you sit 100 feet from me or 1,000 feet from me, right? Yeah, the relationship, sense. the strength of the relationship determines in a large cases, not always, not every time, not completely, but the strength of the relationship determines how willing I am to delay or be delinquent in delivering a deliverable that you are waiting on to some degree. So if we speed up that communication, more will get done sooner, which is better. Okay. And I think that people, many people who are listening will think, well, that's kind of operational effectiveness anyway. And it's a, yeah, you're, you're right. It is. But I think a lot of people underestimate how relationships matter in terms of project delays. People say, well, the bigger the project, the longer it takes. And well, it's just bigness. Well, Inherent in there is the lack of relationships between two people who are relying on one another for work. Yep. It's just the nature of human human beings, right? It's frustrating. We hate it. We think it's wrong, but it doesn't matter. So that's pretty obvious. But look, think, though, about getting advance notice about anything that might be coming your way in your boss's staff meeting. Think about the value of having time every week to be able to deliver a pre-wire pitch to your peer, Right. If you're going to brief about something that your peer could look good or bad to, to your boss, you're going to want to let that peer know in advance. Now, folks, if you're somebody who thinks that throwing all your other peers underneath the bus in the meeting with your boss in a staff meeting is a way to get ahead by standing under people's dead bodies, please just don't listen to manager tools anymore. Go away or put that in neutral and listen to us for a year and see if you can't figure out that there's a better way to do things. There's no sense dropping a dime in a meeting. There's no sense ratting out your buddy in a meeting. If you're talking to your peer, who's really maybe now a friend of yours, if you're talking to him or her two or three or five days beforehand, gosh, don't not talk to them in your peer one-on-one and then nuke them in the meeting and say, well, I would have done that, boss, but Robert over here didn't do what he was supposed to do. Look, you got to... If, if, well, you can do that, but talk about ruining all the effort you made in your relationship building and your peer one-on-one. So you owe your peer a heads up. We've done a cast on this. I know that you you don't drop a dime in meetings. You never say something negative about a peer or somebody else unless they know you're going to say it and they have an ample time to address the concern so they won't look bad in front of their boss. Oh, you're taking all the up. fun out of staff meetings. Yeah. You know, if it's a plan that affects him, brief him on your plan and get his input uh, as our recommendation regarding pre-wires. Get an ally. Make this person an ally or find out where there are flaws in your work and then go back and make it better so that he or she will be an ally. You know, for those people who are doing peer one-on-ones, you've done them for a while. They're a friend of yours. They're, they're, they're with you. They're, they're going to be in the meeting with you. 
they're going to be the ones that are going to tell you, yeah, that's good or that's not good. Other people are, are not going to give you a lot of details, but you can rely, generally speaking, on your friends to say, yeah, that, that's something that's good or no, I can't believe you think that'll work. And then lastly, my favorite, more strategic or longer term thinking benefit of peer one-on-ones and the relationship strength that you build is suppose one of your team has a shot at getting promoted. A better relationship with any of your peers is going to help you pitch them on why he should get the nod for more responsibility. So when you say to your boss, hey, I want to, I want you to help my, my, Robert, who works for me, get promoted, and your boss says, okay, and then your boss and his next couple of one-on-ones with other peers say, hey, what's your relationship with Bob? How, how do you feel about this guy, Bob? Is he good? Horseman's saying he's good. What do you think? Yeah, and can you say, see him, oh, yeah. him or her being a peer of yours, right? And and believe yeah. me, you don't want somebody promoted who's not going to be a good peer of yours. <laughs> right, and you don't want to promote him into a situation where he's a peer of a peer of yours, and it turns out your peer, the one you had previously, is not feeling good about this person, right? So you want other people in meetings where the quality and caliber of your people are being talked about. You want other people besides you talking about how good your people are. A better relationship with any of your peers will help you pitch them on why he should get the nod. And any peer you meet with is going to get to hear about who's good on your team And they'll get data because you're going to be talking in the weeds. You're going to be talking details. They'll get data on why they're good. If the time comes and others have to go into a steel cage death match meeting about who's going to get laid off, your directs, the people who work for you, are going to have two champions or at least one champion, you, and one ally, your peer who you've been meeting with and they've learned about your directs and you've been thinking slowly, I've got to make sure I spend a little bit of time talking about how great this guy is every other meeting so that my peers learn how good he is so I can help him get promoted. And they're going to have not just, I like the guy, but here's data on why this guy is good. Oh yeah, I know Robert. He was really good on this thing we worked on together. Or one of my guys said, Robert really helped him out on this particular situation. I like this guy. Whereas all the other people who are going to try to get their guys promoted are going to say to their peers, hey, you know how good he is. You know how good he is. Yeah, but they're not going to have data. Wow. So... This isn't all about me. It's, it's in fact, if I care about my directs and that's what <laughs> motivates me, maybe I need to do this for them. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So that's it. Wrapping up, right? Choose your, you know, we recommend you have peer one-on-ones. We recommend you choose your most important relationships among your peers. We gave you some guidance about that. Ask for just a weekly update meeting, only 15 minutes long. And during your 15 minutes, You do mostly updates for your peer about things that you've been doing, your team's been doing that relate to them and benefit them. And then you've got time for questions, hopefully. One of the unwritten rules is be brisk and efficient. Don't make it a chat session that'll cause them then to want to delete. And you're going to get some great benefits out of it long term. Folks, better relationships among your peer managers make for better results. Results are what you started your career with but relationships are what you're going to finish your career riding on. As an executive, it's all about relationships. Spend time developing the basic processes of relationships. When you're an executive, you're going to do these naturally, and you'll have strong enough relationships to be able to rely on other people. And then when you're the VP of sales, your good friend in manufacturing will gladly figure out how to build you some prototypes, no charge, 
and you can actually get something done over there as opposed to appealing to the CEO to get the chief of manufacturing to do what you think he ought to do anyway. You're going to get stuff done and you're going to get stuff done, not necessarily by yourself, but in a better and a more collaborative way. And it sounds really corny to say it, but you can start building for that now in 50 minutes a week per peer. And that's only 12 hours a year. And in our opinion, that's a no brainer. No brainer. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.